Howdy, howdy. Good morning. How uh, how are things in Austin? Um, pretty quiet. Crowded house. Yeah, crowded house. That's for sure. We're uh, <laughs> we're all packed in here. I, listeners will almost undoubtedly hear something in the background today, and uh, bonus points if you can identify that sound. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I think people have more tolerance these days. Yeah. I think everyone has been posting like videos from the the was it a CNN reporter in South Korea where his baby is running into the, his yeah. office or something like that. That's the, yeah. everyone's life now. Yeah, yeah. I, I always pod from home, but this is one of the few times I've done it where um, you know all the all the children are home from school and uh, my wife's home from work and the dog is here as well. So this yeah. is this is yeah this is not a drill. And we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Awesome. So I was actually worrying like how many updates I had this week. Um, Cause I haven't been working as much as I wanted to. We kind of like had to leave Denmark very, very suddenly um, when they decided to close all the borders and we weren't sure like how that was going to affect our situation and our travels. Yeah. So we kind of like just jumped on the first plane and arrived in Scotland yesterday. I mean, technically we could have stayed in Denmark, but for some reasons I don't want to talk about now, like we had reasons that we would also want to be in Scotland. Um, And it was just a difficult situation. Like very quickly you had to decide, okay, I might not be able to travel for a long time. Mm -hmm. Which country do I want to be in? (laughs) That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, we made the call. I talked to a lot of people about it, and I f- I, f- I feel good about our decision for now, at least. Um, strange feeling going through an empty airport, and we were twelve people on the on a big plane. Um, and you know, the people in the in the airport was like, "Are you sure you want to travel? Like, you might not be able to come back." Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, we understand, but wow. I would like to go home. That's amazing. Did they say that to you? Yeah, because they 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 like they recommend against Danes traveling anywhere in the world. Okay. So they they thought that we were probably going on vacation or something like that because we were Danish. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. They understood like why we were leaving when they realized that we were going home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it ended up becoming quite interesting. So um, I'm I'm just gonna go into my update now. Yeah. Um. On. I think Wednesday last week I met up with Bjorn because uh, I was in Copenhagen and we wanted to work on the lighthouse stuff and we met at a public library actually and it was around noon time uh, and we went for a walk and then I remember um, there was a press conference with the uh, health minister so I was checking that and they said that so far uh, there was no signs of community transmission in Denmark and then like four hours later the prime minister goes on TV and shuts ba- down the whole country essentially. Wow. And then like things started changing very rapidly. Yeah. Um, so it's quite weird. Um, we kind of just like stayed in, in my cabin and then, yeah, then we decided to go home um, as soon as possible. 
but yeah. it kind of like it just mm. completely destroyed my productivity and i didn't think about work at all yeah <laughs> I was like we do not know update. when we'll be back yeah, yeah we don't know when we'll be back <laughs> that's um, the update. so let's let's spend the time on uh family and <laughs> being in denmark for a uh, couple of days and then there'll be enough time in isolation in our apartment here in glasgow to work yeah yeah uh, sort of the rational and, and uh, what's it what's it like there in scotland daily life compared to when you left um well people had already started hoarding toilet paper a bit um but i found like it uh, or maybe i shouldn't say this i'm not going to say where it is because it's not in my apartment um But I, I went to the DIY store to buy something else and they had like a huge sale on like these towers of toilet paper. So I was like, mm. that's weird. Like no one thought about going here to buy toilet paper. That's for sure. So I just <laughs> bought like a massive pack. Um, yeah. So I think we're good for 2020. I think we're good for toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such an unfortunate like um, muscle memory that people have that like in the event of a disaster, I need water and toilet toothpaste. Treats. Yeah. And toothpaste. <laughs> but, but you're like, guys, guys, this is not that kind of disaster. Like, no, there's different kinds. We, we, you know, we're all going back like in, in the United States, I think hurricanes is the muscle memory that people have. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like batteries and flashlights and toilet paper and all. And you're like, what do you, It's not that kind of disaster, but no. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the water in the faucet's going to keep running, most likely. Um, yeah. Very, very unlikely that there's an issue with water. So um, it, it's a really weird um, manifestation. I of, think yeah. what I kind of like realized going coming back yesterday was it depends. It's almost like area to area here because if just a couple of people start hoarding, it's just a tr chain reaction. But well, that's it too. Yeah. If people go to the supermarket and the shelves are full, like they don't hoard because they're like, oh, okay, we're not hoarding here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, you know, you know better, but at the same time, if you can't get it, what little bit you need when you need it, it actually is a negative. It's a, it's a positive yeah. feedback loop that's not good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 They said here they seen the same demand that they see for Christmas, mm -hmm. uh, but they usually plan for months, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, we made it back, and um, that's that's the most important thing. Good, uh, good. Very glad to hear it. But I do have a few updates actually, because we okay. did manage to get stuff done. Anyways, wow, <laughs> especially <Impressive>. before <laughs> the whole shutdown. Um, first of all, the qualified promotions stuff we talked about last time that you suggested, where essentially I go to a hosting company partner and say, hey, let's, or if they come to me, like we talk about doing some sort of build recipe or partnership, um, I basically trade that for some sort of like qualified promotion with them. Um, okay. And you suggested I do, um, I have two categories basically, an evergreen category, which could be a blog post or a like add me to your documentation or something like that, like a screencast or something and launch related things. So things like tweets and Facebook posts and maybe mm -hmm. mention me in your newsletter or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so basically the way I, I, so I tried it on one hosting company so far and I said, you like, we agree on one or two from each category. And then 
um, they go live the same day as the recipe. Um, and it worked really well. I think it's so um, easy to understand. And it's like, oh, that's great. Like, that's like now we know what co promotion means. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very easy. And they were like, we can do these things. These are super easy. We can't do these things right now because of this and that. Um, and then it's just like you agree to something in an email and you, you you have some sort of like contract between you that this is the plan. And um, I'm excited to see how it works when we actually do launch the recipe. That's great. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's funny how much mileage you can get out of the what do you mean by that question? Yeah, you just keep asking it and asking it until it gets to the point where it's just crystal clear. And yeah, then, yeah, that's everyone's either happy. Yeah, or so that, not. that's definitely part of the process now for how we bring on new partners. Um, Great, see how it unfolds. Yeah, and then another really cool thing. Um, last week I talked about the lighthouse testing that we were looking at building into the product. So yeah. lighthouse is a tool by Google that can measure your page speed, uh, your accessibility score and your SEO score. So basically it'll, it'll give you a score depending on a lot, like they, it has a lot of different parameters that they use to test. Um, and then they have guidelines for where you should be. And then they, they score you based on that. And that is something we really wanted to build into the product because it's it's the kind of testing where you don't need to write test cases. You basically just turn it on and then it do, it'll do the testing for you. Right. So that was basically the the main thing we wanted to do in this current shape-up cycle, three-week cycle that we're in right now. And the, the first version of that that we kind of like shaped had a lot of uncertainty in it still. We, we, we had a basically a way that we could solve it. And we also had a pr plan for how we could build a prototype for that. Um, but it was clear like already on day one that there were even more uncertainties that we were aware of. And the, the thing is, Branch has a pretty flexible build recipe mechanism right now. It, it can be anything basically that you can build, you can put in a build step. And we're, we haven't, we've kept it very open. It's really hard to explain when you don't see it, but it's just very, very flexible the way it is right now. And we really don't want to make it less flexible before we have like a really big need to do that. So hmm. two things were difficult about uh, this sort of built recipe with Lighthouse that we wanted to build. And the first one was it, it involved like we needed a way to take the test results out of the build step in the CI environment and kind of like into the branch app to like analyze the results. Does that make sense? Okay. Like we needed that. Like usually when you run your builds, we don't need the data. Like we don't need oh, the data. Right, right. I mean, we store the log so you can see the output from like the NPM command you ran or something like that, but we don't need to do anything with that. Yeah, you don't need the results, if you will. Like no. The, the, yeah. But like by default, Lighthouse produces like a JSON file, but we're not just going to show a JSON file in your log and that's it. Like we, then we would need to do some sort of like processing of that. Right. Um, yeah. So we would need a way to get data from the build step out into the app. And that's not really something we have at the moment. And there are a million different ways we could do that, but it would make things quite a bit more complicated than they are now and less flexible. And then the other thing is those results would need to be stored somewhere. So we would also need like some sort of like database layer for this. 
And so far, like, I think since Bjorn joined, we haven't really touched the database. And it just, every time we deploy something and we avoid to change the database, we kind of like celebrate that because it's way easier to roll something back that doesn't involve a a database migration. Yeah. Um, So those were like the two big things that we were concerned about and we didn't have like a clear path. So we decided to spend like a couple of days building a prototype around that. Um, But just like, as I said, on day one, we were already like concerned about this. So we met up on Wednesday and the plan was to just kind of like sit together and, and hack on this. And first of all, when you're used to working remote and if we're kind of doing the opposite thing that everyone else is doing right now, meeting up in person, but when you're used to working remote and you're used to doing things in tuple, like doing things in person is so awkward. <laughs> really? Like you can't see each other's screen because there's like a glare because you're sitting next to each other. Like <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Like it, That's it's really funny. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... I actually, I, I, I was thinking about this because I heard uh, Josh Pickford talk about this on a podcast recently. He said um, when they are in team retreats, they always try not to work because they're really good at working remotely, but they suck at working in person. So they might as well like do other things in person that they can't do remote. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, that. Yeah. So I kind of like had the idea that we should go on like a long walk and talk about the solution instead of like trying to hack on it. And and it was clear pretty soon after we met up that it's probably more productive just to like go for a long walk. Um, so yeah, I think we went on like a one and a half hour long walk um, around Copenhagen Harbor, which is a really nice place. Sounds lovely. And kind of like I, I, I kind of just because Bjorn has spent almost a week, I think, um, researching Lighthouse and as part of like the shaping process and kind of like just familiarizing himself with the tools. Um, so I just kind of like interrogated him for a long time about like all the different possibilities. And every time there was some sort of like roadblock, I was like, could like, is there a way we could do it that wouldn't be as hard <laughs> or like is there a way we could do this without the database and he kept thinking like oh yeah maybe actually we could do this oh actually there is this flag you could provide and then like you could do this and so in the end we came up with a very simple solution that actually like it checked all the boxes for what we wanted to build and it nice. didn't involve a database and it didn't involve us needing to process the data because we found a way basically to show the data and the log and also like a, a way to basically alert you um, if the build has like a, you know, a page speed regression or something like that. Hmm. So that was really exciting. And we were like, after the, after that, we were like, that's incredible. Like this walk is like some of the most productive time we've ever spent. Cause I think we literally just save like probably two weeks of development. Um, And yeah, I think, like it was a couple of days of work after that for Bjorn to build the final solution that we just released. And it's like day seven of the shape up cycle. That's amazing. And <laughs> branch now has a lighthouse step that is really awesome. And you can enable it and it will tell you like <clears throat> if you deploy something yeah. and your page, page speed score or your SEO score goes below your threshold, like you'll get a red build and you'll be notified about it and you can take action. So like 
it's a huge value add. And I'm just so, I'm really proud of the way that we managed to to build it in a much simpler way. Like there's a lot of things we could do that would make it even more awesome. But, you know, we, we're, we're now like able to get feedback on it and have people started using it before we have to like decide what the database structure should be or like how we should treat the, the data that it produces. Yeah. Um, and that just feels like a really big win. Yeah, that's a, that, the picture that comes to mind is like the, you know, the knotted ball of yarn, if you will, and the, or the path. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the shortest route to get where you're going is actually just cutting through these bushes right here. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and there's the exit. And, and meanwhile, you know, you could, there's many alternate universes where you could have spent how much time you know, oh, going down I mean, those could, paths and roads? You know, like the kind of like the first version we wanted to build, like we thought we would have a very basic version in three weeks. But it yeah. took like a couple of days. <laughs> That's yes. You spent the extra time, but to, that, like it's not just the time. Yeah. It's also just like we could just roll this back, and even if we mm-hmm. rolled it back, it would still work for the people that enabled it because it would just live in their build steps because it's super flexible. And, but we haven't we haven't really decided anything. Like it's it's kind of like um, Jeff Baser saying that he he only wants to make decisions um that are revertible like this is so revertible because we haven't deployed a database migration or anything like that yeah well exactly it's uh, that goes back to the is this a shane parish ism uh the knowledge project where you know the the amount of time you should spend um really deliberating something or, or wringing your hands over it has a lot to do with how reversible the decision is exactly yeah. yeah and like we just deployed this casually today because we felt like it was done and i think actually yeah i wanted to test it and i was like can you just deploy it because it's easier to test in production because it's so like we could, <laughs> if it didn't work we could just fix it or roll it back or yeah so yeah well, there you go that was really cool awesome Awesome. Well, yeah. congrats on finding the path forward <laughs> that wasn't the obvious path. I mean, it, it, in like a different way, this reminds me of when when I'm feeling pretty tired and debating between like going to sleep or, you know, whatever it is that's better for me physically uh, or continuing to bang on a project like at the keyboard. And I, yeah. you decide the first one, like you always no, in, in the back of your mind, like that's the right choice. But like, it's so easy to be skeptical that that's going to actually solve the problem. But how many times have I like finished a walk or, you know, finished a nap or a shower or, what, or an exercise, whatever it is and gone, oh yeah, this is, this is actually so much easier to solve now. Yeah. And it, it it's, I, that's how our brains are wired. It's amazing. Yeah. So, this was a, a good oh, learning for us. I think, I think we're pretty mm-hmm. good at that, like in general, but I think but, it's just like yeah. so obvious, like how, because we, we started the walk with like an assumption that this would be very difficult to solve. And we ended the walk with a solution, like a clear solution in mind. It sets a tone culturally too, you know, the, yeah. you guys as an early team coming to a solution that way. Yeah. Is uh, if the lesson learned isn't just that this was a great solution, but like the way to get at great solutions isn't necessarily attacking it the first way you discover yeah then 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So cool. kind of like the thing I need to figure out right now is how to <laughs> talk to people about this. So the thing is right now, it's about we're about to head into Q2 and I haven't really, I haven't done any Q2 planning yet. Um, I know we still have like two weeks left, but um, you know, when there's a lot of scary things going on in the world, it's sometimes hard to think long-term, but I think, you know, it is our jobs <laughs> to think long-term and make plans. So the kind of like what I have on my mind right now is our product is pretty darn good right now. Like, just all this stuff, basically my big wish list for Q1 about like all the product improvements I wanted to get done have just been unlocked kind of. And like, I'm really proud of the product we have right now. And it's my job to bring more people to the table. Um, so I'm thinking about that a lot. Um, there's a, I feel like there's a weird thing right now where just like shamelessly just promoting your product and like, feels weird because like everyone is talking about the new cycle yeah. like the virus stuff mm -hmm. but it's like you know the world still has to go on it's not in our interest to stop everything <laughs> um, yeah but at the same time it kind of feels odd just to kind of like be ignoring that and like promoting your product and stuff like that it is, yeah it is tricky like i when i go on twitter these days i crave mm -hmm. news that's you know, on the theme that everyone's talking about, but at the same time. And so when I, when I see stuff that's not related at all to that, I kind of question, <laughs> you know, question the timing and it's existing and everything else, but you're making a fair point. It's like, that's healthy and needed. And, you know, everything can't, we, we don't want everything to stop. No. You know, so, you know, that's probably the best way. We, we don't want that now. Whatever Especially, we have to do, we have to do, but. Especially yeah. all the stuff we do online, right? Because that's like one of the things that we can still do the same way that we used to. Yeah, yeah. No, and that actually reminds me of the, um, I know you weren't able to make it, but we had the virtual happy hour with the Tiny Seed group yeah, last week. I missed that. And yeah, and that, that's, that's a great example of, um, that should have existed months ago. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that it exists because everybody's wanting it now because of what's going on is fine. And, you know, the, the goal of that discussion was not to talk about it, but to just, like you said, continue to exist and make progress and um, connect to one another yeah. virtually. So, um, yeah, I go yeah. to Twitter and post about branch a little bit, but I don't scroll. Like I just, it, it doesn't, I don't need that. <laughs> I yeah. can get the information yeah. I need yeah. from, you know, public service news and from the government websites. And besides that, I'm just trying to like restrict <laughs> or like limit mm -hmm. my, my news load. Cause it's getting a bit too much. Yeah. Th there should be like a, there should be a, a measurement for this. I was thinking like RPMs. It's like um, <laughs> update updates per minute you know, yeah. it doesn't need to be so high. Like last week I checked it all the time because I needed to know if I could travel and like what the latest development was, but now I'm here and like kind of like stuck here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no point in like getting the news all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's something that's on my mind quite a bit. Um, on our last uh, mastermind with Derek, 
um, one of the mm. things. So I know the point of a mastermind is not for me to share everything that happens on there, but go, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, go, um, go. I, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, so kind of like what I brought to the group last time was like, I feel like now that we've done all this amazing product work, it's time for me to kind of like make sure we have more people coming through the door because we don't have enough. We get a couple of signups every day, but it's not enough to to validate what we're working on and it's not enough feedback for us right now um and derek suggested something that i'm extremely skeptical of and the, the two of us have talked about quite a bit um, but he basically suggested paid ads as on twitter as a way to kind of like gosh the interest and see kind of like get some quick feedback on what we're building. And the specific question I asked was, how can I 10x signups um, from where we're at? So, you know, getting from like two to 20 a day. And the more I thought about it and talked about it, it actually seemed like it could be a pretty good solution for that. So it's not it's not a long-term strategy and it's not, you know, we talked about we don't want to be trading equity for paid ads. Um what what you do if you're a funded startup that you're spending all your investor money on paid ads um but as a way to like get from a to b and get like accelerate the learning basically um and like that could just be like a super easy maybe not easy but like a super simple fix to the problem i have and instead of like trying to think like super long term like this needs to be able to scale. Like maybe this is just a thing that won't scale, but it'll get me to where I need to go, which was to 10x the number of signups. Yeah, it can. Um, I, I also think like the appeal, and we've talked about the role, let's say, of something like paid acquisition at our stage before. And I have said, you know, that it seems premature most of the time. Yeah. Um, the exception to it would be you're using it to learn. Yeah. I would almost say like, the, the, so, you know, think about a paid ad, like what Google has done for you or Facebook or LinkedIn or whomever is they've really created a very easy way to put something out there, measure the results and learn from it very yeah. quickly. So un unlike other things that we do where you actually have to do the measurement yourself after the build out, like, is this feature being used or is this headline getting traction, right? Like you don't even have enough volume really to know, is this H1 on my marketing page, you know, better than the one I had yesterday? Like, you know, it's such low volume, but like Google on the other hand can say like, well, we showed this to a thousand people and these were the results. It's just a very, um, it's a form of, of validation that's yeah. very easy to get the full benefit from as opposed to rolling your own. It's just also, but that's, that is a way of learning something. It's not really a customer acquisition channel at that point, unless what you learn is, Oh, this is, this, this is profitable. Like we can get a lot of customers this way. Um, and yeah. I guess for you, I'd be curious to know if that ends up being true or not. My guess is with freemium, it's going to be, not a viable channel for you um, in no. any kind of way right away, but um, it's just a but it does have that it does have that appeal. Yeah. yeah, I think where the difference is is if you're 
if you're a funded startup and you already have product market fit, if you take VC money to ramp up paid ads, like how, like how many new signups are you gonna like? How big of a difference is that going to make for you? Like, are you gonna grow twenty percent, ten percent, thirty percent, even fifty percent? But like in my case, what I'm trying to do is grow ten x. So like, if there is something you can do that can make you grow ten x, it's probably like probably worth it. But I just doubt that you can go out and like raise a million dollar and like grow 10x pretty easily on paid ads when you're at a later stage, if that makes sense. It it does, and it it does and it doesn't. Like I, I would say, like there's a there's an argument here that you know you want to make a discrete jump, and the 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 discrete part is 10x. So it's like it's a big enough jump that you could argue that. Hey, you know, whatever it takes to get to this next level is okay. You know, it, it, it can be a hack if you want to call it yeah. that. It's almost like it's a, a, what is a hack? It's like, it's a, you know, one time break wrapper use thing to get results that you know that you can't do it again, but that's okay because you're literally breaking into something Yeah, and that that's acceptable. I think, but you, you kind of have to then just distinguish that in your mind from this will work over and over again. Like this is a tool in my tool belt. Yeah. It's like, no, that was like a, a one, there's a flare. Like you can, you can only fire it once. So you better be sure the boat that you're, you know, hoping sees you is close enough to see that flare or else like it was a waste. And, and I think it would be really fun to go back and talk about the early days of my first company at some point, but like we did a number of those 10 X hack attempts Yeah, and we never, we never did them again, but we didn't have to because you're really just trying to build critical mass. So that may be, might be another mental model on this. Yeah. Like maybe you don't have critical mass. And if you, if you do things that don't scale in order to get critical mass, that's okay because critical mass is its own reward. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like getting five to 10 new signups a day from this would be a super meaningful for me. Like it would make a big sure. difference. Yeah, I think, and I'm just getting at like, what is, what do you mean by yeah. meaningful, right? Yeah. It's not meaningful because you're like, oh, great, business model solved. This is, <laughs> Product market this is fit, no. Yeah, like this is this is how we're gonna do it. No, no, I think it what solved you, the I, problem of like, I don't have enough people to talk to, signing like signing up, <laughs> and that is completely different. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, I don't have enough people to talk to, so I'm going to use this tool to magnetize the haystack and get all the needles out yeah. is completely fine. But to, <laughs> but that's a different, completely different usage of the same, uh, different purpose. Yeah. Like the interesting part here is not what the, you know, the, the, the customer acquisition costs are going to be. Yeah. You're not worried about exactly. Another way to say it is like, you're not worried about the unit economics of this because what you're replacing yeah. is, it's the th- I don't know do things that don't trying to find folks on Twitter exactly exactly yep so that's yeah I just want to call that out because otherwise it sounds like we're contradicting ourselves which is fine too we can learn but yeah. I think to me this is different yeah I think you're spot on yeah so uh, that's another thing I want to play around with and see I think uh, what Derek talked about was I have all these guides for hosting companies and maybe they are like a good like maybe those are the the one like the content that I want to promote on Twitter 
because it's super easy like take the wp engine guide and promote it to everyone who follows wp engine it's like very targeted mm -hmm. yeah nice um, yeah so uh i guess that's kind of my my updates for a not so productive Sounds week <laughs> yeah good work man for uh <laughs> <laughs> or not so but that's why we get paid the big bucks, right? So we, can, we can we can accomplish so much even during a even during a pandemic. Yep. No, but uh, good job, man. That's yeah, good. thanks. What are you up to these these um, days? Work from home days. Well, you're always working from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work from home for since 2015, basically, maybe 2016. But um, but working from home for the last few days. Uh, I mean, I'm really on spring break, so the reality <laughs> is. This was my kid's spring break week. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. So this was this was a planned recess from school. Okay. That was supposed to last all week. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, so it's supposed to go all the way until the following, uh, well, upcoming Sunday and back to school Monday. Well, technically uh, it's so, Tuesday, but who cares? Oh, okay. Well, the the, the reality is <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. So so this gets at another point. I'm just going to go there right now instead. Um, I have felt yesterday like I was back in that zone between Christmas and New Year's <laughs> where you don't know if it's the 27th or 28th or 29th. Yeah. You just, you just know it's a day where life is suspended yeah. for some reason. Yeah. So yes, I've clearly lost track of days. It is Tuesday, um, not Monday. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're partway into this, this, this uh, suspension week. And I... It, it's interesting because we were supposed to be out of school anyway. And so all the schools here are basically going, well, we now have a little bit of time to decide what we're doing. We have no playbook for this. And yeah, I feel bad for them because it's like, I cannot imagine what it's like to try to figure out what to do. But they decided um, within the last couple of days, they both decided that uh, sp spring break, hey kids, spring break is extended by at least... Um, a few weeks. So the new go back to school date for all of my kids. And I have four is uh, April 6th. Wow. So we are, yeah. So we are, um, we are hang out a lot at home. We're distancing ourselves. We, we went to, we made one trip out with a lot of sanitizer and wipes and basically went to, um, you know, local stores and got a lot of board games and books <laughs> and, yeah. you know, boredom killers, and then said, okay, let's try to make the most of it. So we've got you know, lots to do. Uh, but for me personally, I, I just said, look, I, I already was not treating this week as a work week. Let me not try to make it into a work week just because things got weird. Yeah. So I am basically laying low. I'm going to record this podcast. I, I'm planning on doing maybe another hour or two of work over the next 24 hours, let's say. And um, really not worry about it because I was supposed to be on vacation this week. And then, you know, we'll, we'll figure out the new normal, uh, next week sometime. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, so it's okay. So really I did get, I did get the feature out. So I've been talking a long time about this. Um, so maker Matt got this feature out last week, which was the ramp up feature. And it's the one that allows you to take one of your scenarios or within a scenario, it lets you say, look, we're, we want to increase our leads, but we're, not going to increase them overnight to this new number. Oh. Instead, yeah, we're going to increase our leads linearly starting on April 1st, and we're going to ramp them up to this number. 
And then the simulator takes that ramp up period and runs the forecast for you. Nice. Which is a real, yeah, super exciting. And it's reusable. It's a pattern. Um, the front end UI, like the code that drives it, not the user interface itself, like the, the components, but the JavaScript and the, and actually some of the controller logic, like the, the Python views, they're really not, they weren't equipped to add this extra dimension to everything. So there's a lack of, um, I don't love the, you know, re- repetition required to pull this feature off. So I basically only implemented it right now for organic leads. Okay. But yeah, but it felt good. Like full stack done, you know, all the way to the bottom of the top database, front end, everything. It works for this lever. And that felt really good to get it out. Um, Nice. And yeah. And I already started trying it and sure enough, man, you know, it turns out that when you're, when you're ramping up leads, you know, it is, it's even harder to get the hockey stick <laughs> because, you know, because you think these things, everything takes time, you know? And if you want to think of this feature in a generic way, it's basically saying how much time will it take your organization to manifest this change in leads or conversion rates or even hiring, you know, you, you're going to have six salespeople. Great. Like how long is it going to take to find recruit hire? And then ramp up those salespeople. Yeah, it, it's it's this is none of this stuff is happening this month. Let's just put it that way. So, you know, what is it? And, and once you stru- once you um, spread all these things out over the coming months, it just gives you a real view into what your organization, what your output could possibly look like. And and that to me is super exciting because especially during these times, right? Like a tool that helps you back to what you're saying, like you know not taking advantage of the situation and certainly not profiteering, if you will, but just saying, Hey, this is a tool that actually helps you get a realistic gauge for what, you know, real progress looks like realistic progress looks like versus uh, fantasy land. Um, It's good timing for that. So, um, so so I'm excited to roll that out, but that's what I got out last week and it, it, it felt good. It was like the stripe. Honestly, it was like the stripe integration. It was such a, it ended up being a little bit of a deeper lift, bigger lift than I expected, but just test driven development, slowly but surely got it out there, scoped it. I think scoped it down to just this one dimension of the business model of, of leads allowed me to finish it uh, yeah. last week, get it out there. Yeah. So it felt great, man. I mean, that really Sounds like an important piece. Definitely. It is the way I think about it. Like when I'm stepping back from a product development standpoint is this is a feature that you can only build once you have the rest of this stuff done. And so it's like a feature on features where it's like a, you know what I mean? It's like a derivative, not a derivation, like a negative way, but like a first derivative, second derivative kind of feature on something else where it's like, you have to first have, you know, scenarios, modeling, predictive analytics, all these things built. And then you give people the extra ability to manage time as a dimension on those yeah. things. It's just a hard thing to do. So it it's going to be cool. Feels good to get it out. It's going to be cool yeah. when you like, eventually we, I think we talked about this before, like when you have some sort of like recipes or templates in summit that people can enable. So like maybe a template could be hire like three salespeople, and you know that you're going to hire them over like this period and 
for each salesperson like they'll be responsible for this amount of new leads and so you can kind of like have all these different more realistic scenarios that people can yeah. try out for their business yeah you, you can you can start to see the bundle yeah. of activities that need to happen right it's like increase marketing spend to fill the pipeline while bringing on salespeople, you know, in a way that we can afford to do so. And, oh, we need that sales VP as well to manage all these folks. And, and exactly like you're saying, like, that's a bundle of activities that a lot of entrepreneurs would think of all in one, one group. Like, that's our go-to-market for 2020. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that's, it's all these components. And, oh, also, like, we, we have... And, and this gets at the use case, right? The use case of this feature is not to be used sort of atomically. It's to be used as a part of planning more like a year view yeah. of increased leads, add salespeople, bring on support reps, etc. Here's an entire wave of activity on three fronts and realistic, you know, ramp up periods for all of these things. Then hit play. Yeah. Right. And then say, hey, team, this is the this is the range of revenue forecast that we have for the year. Let's this this works. Let's go do it. And, you know, that would be great because I am still working with startups that have pre-created um, kind of these a priori, if you will, revenue goals. Yeah. And, and and a lot of times it's just based on it's based on history, but it's also based on just aspiration. And yeah. Uh, it's tricky, you know, it's real tricky because of course we aspire to really high numbers, but it, it's once the larger the ship, you know, the harder it is to turn it, the, the, the harder it is to accelerate it. I mean, <laughs> you know, oil tankers are super impressive in the harbor, but like you can jam the accelerator. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they don't just take off. So it's like, um, it, I don't know why yeah. I'm thinking about this, but it, it's kind of like if you wanted to drive somewhere and you want to you wanna set a goal for like how fast you want to drive there. Like you don't, you don't just say, I would like to get there in 20 minutes. That would be like a really nice time mm. to achieve. Yeah. But yeah. Like you go on Google Maps and you type it in and you mm. see like, okay, what's the official estimate? Like, okay, it'll take 34 minutes to get there. Like That's what right. are the things that I could, are there things I could do? Like could I do it at another time of the day when there's less mm -hmm. traffic or could I do it in another car? or yep. like all these different like but you need like to know the baseline first before you can set a goal that makes any sense completely yeah that, that, and that's forecasted like if, if my mom right now was like hey i need you in florida and i just said i'll be there tomorrow at 11 yeah uh sounds great how realistic is it like and then i go on google maps and yeah. i'm like Oh, oh, wait, like, you know, and then, and then it just depends. Like how realistic do you want your simulation? Like, do you want to include the fact that you're, you have an eighth of a tank of gas and you have to stop <laughs> right away? Maybe not because like at that range, it doesn't matter. Like it's such a small detail. Yeah. But if you have four kids in the car and you need to do bathroom breaks every two and a half hours, <laughs> yeah. Know? like I learned as a father, like uh, as a parent, you got to factor that stuff in. So, yeah. um, so yeah, you know, this is the vision. It's like realistic objectives, not to put a wet blanket on things, Yeah. but nobody wants to fall short because they didn't, um, they didn't account for things that in hindsight appear fairly inexcusable. Like, of course we should have accounted for the fact that we weren't going to find 
you know, the VP of sales of our dreams in, in two weeks, you know, um, we should have accounted for that. And, you know, of course, every entrepreneur wants that, like wants to do that, but it's too hard right now. And so that's, again, that's like one of the core assumptions of Summit is that if we make that infinitely easier, people will do it because they, deep down, you know, nobody wants to be a terrible goal setter and, and leader um, in, in the sense of setting goals and vision, but, or aspirations, but it's so hard that people don't stop and do it. And then of course, ignorance is this, um, yeah, I mean, ignorance is unfortunately, you know, a lot of people subconsciously, it's a valid excuse. It's like, Oh yeah, I, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, so that's, that gets me to maybe my, my manager update, which is I'm using this time away to think about bigger picture for summit and stuff that I can't think about when I'm, you know, just walking the dog or, uh, or, you know, doing stuff that's not sitting here at the computer and eating quiet. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of building out more of a, well, I'm building out a plan basically from here to the end of the year. Now that I've got, now that I've got 18 months of runway, uh, in the bank, I'm, doing a recalibration of my kind of planning for summits and saying, you know, where can I be by the end of the year? Yeah. Which is, I didn't really do, I, I did that very roughly at the end of last year because, you know, it's the new year, I'm going into the new year <laughs> and, I'm fun, and I'm fundraising. So like, it makes sense to do that. But I think given the break period here and given the fundraising having just closed, you know, I can have a lot more certainty. I can, it, it's worth it to put in even more effort to clarify how I'm going to get to where I want to go by the end of the year. Um, which, and so it just feels like a, it's just kind of a natural fit. So that's what I'm working on right now is, um, I mentioned a previous podcast, the, um, flywheel company, if you will, which is like, here's all the processes within the company. Once it reaches, it's, you know, my full vision for it. Yeah. And I think what I want to do is kind of look at each of those processes, which can be as simple as get more listeners on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to list all those out and say, which of these are going to get real dedicated attention over the next three, six, nine months. And, you know, where do I want those to be? How, I mean, how much time am I even going to spend measuring the results of those things? Like just <laughs> podcast real quick. Like I think right now, Every couple of weeks, I just look at the number of listeners and I go, oh, that seems good, you know, but, 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 that, you know, if you think about that, even that right there is kind of its own level of investment mm. in measuring things. Like how much are you measuring user engagement with the tool? Like how much am I, how much, you know, there's so many things you could measure. Yeah. So one of the things I also want to look at is just, you know, for each of the things, how much how mature or how much investment do I want to make in measuring those things? Yeah. Um, and is it good enough just to say, you know, it's going up or do I need to really have like, you know, a tight measurement or, or confidence level on the measurements I have on those things. So, um, yeah, so that I don't waste time. <laughs> so that this is going to be feeding into your Q2 planning as well. Definitely. Yeah, it, definitely. Q2, Q2 will have the greatest uh, clarity about it. Yeah. And then fuzzier and fuzzier. But yeah, exactly. It should all, I, I believe, you know, working with the end in view. So I've got an end of the year uh, goal. And then, yeah, what does Q2 need to, 
probably probably what does Q4 need to look like for that to be true? Then Q3, then Q2. Yeah. And then kind of do a uh, kind of a dovetailing exercise yeah. of where I am today <laughs> versus reverse you know, engineering. Yeah, reverse engineer at the end of the year, but then go, hmm, that Q2 is an awfully big jump from where I am today. And then <laughs> you kind of have to take <laughs> take out the sander and figure out how to make Q2 you know, more of a dovetail with what, with, with reality. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's planning time then. <laughs> yeah, it is for me. Um, just given, just given the nature of things and the environment we're in. Um, so I feel good. I think, uh, I think we're in similar situations regarding that. Cool. So, uh, should we call this show? Sounds like one. <laughs> awesome. Let's man. do it. Take care. Okay. Be safe. Thanks, Peter. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.